there's, um, there's kind of a theme between the readings today. The people are continually looking for food. They want to fill their bellies, all right? And God is continually trying to tell them there's more to it than that. We look at the first reading, and the people, they want to go back to Egypt where they had their flesh pots, literally their pots full of meat, right? And, and their fill of bread and all of these things. But the problem is that when they were in Egypt, they were in sin. And so God's trying to lead them out of there. And so he gives them food. He gives them this manna from heaven. And fun fact, in Hebrew, the word they use, it's, it's some wordplay involved. So there's manna and then the word manhu. And it's literally, what is it? So the, they're playing word games with the scriptures here. They do that all the time in the Hebrew and we never see it. But anyway, so they're asking, what is this stuff? So God has given them bread from heaven to eat. They don't quite understand it, but they realize this will nourish us. But what does God also do? We cut out quite a few verses of Exodus, and in those verses, they're given pretty specific instructions on how they're supposed to eat this bread, how they're supposed to gather it. They're supposed to gather just enough for the day, except on the sixth day. On the sixth day, they're supposed to gather twice as much so that they, ha that they have food on the Sabbath and that they can also rest on the Sabbath. And God promises them it won't spoil if you keep it that extra day for the Sabbath. And then he says, I'm doing this, thus I will test them to see whether they follow my instructions or not. So in the book of Exodus, God is giving his people a law, so to speak, to see if they'll follow him. Because what is this law going to do? It's going to nourish their souls. So even in Exodus, we see this food given from God that nourishes their body, but it also helps them to nourish their soul. And we see that even more obviously in the gospel today. Jesus is giving us the bread of life discourse at this point. It isn't time for the Last Supper yet. That's in a few chapters. But all of John chapter 6, Jesus is talking about the Eucharist. He's getting us ready for it. That's this bread from heaven that he's talking about. The Eucharist is the body, the blood, the soul, and the divinity of Jesus Christ. And it's not much in the way of physical nourishment, right? It's this tiny, tiny little piece of bread. But in spiritual terms, it's the greatest nourishment we could ever hope for. Because it's God. It's God himself. And it's important that we get ready for that. So you may have heard some things out there lately about this stuff called Eucharistic coherence. And you might be wondering, what in the world are these big words that the church people are throwing at us again? It's a pretty simple concept. We have to be ready to accept the Eucharist into our hearts. We have to make a space for God. And so I, um, I got this analogy from Deacon Ty. He doesn't know that I got it because I was in the confessional and I heard it between the door, like opening from one and closing for the next. And then he didn't use it in his other two versions of the homily. So I'm pretty proud of myself for that. <laughs> but he likens it to this. At the end of World War II, when the troops went in and they liberated these people from the concentration camps, they were horribly malnourished. They had been starving to death. 
And they did what they thought was a good thing. They gave them something to eat. It looks like a good thing to do if you're starving. But they had been malnourished for so long that it was dangerous for them to receive the food. They had to get special nutrients, special food, so that they could actually accept it and process it. If they were given normal food, some of them actually died from it. It's horrible. But it's similar to what can happen with the Eucharist. If we're not ready for it, it can cause us more harm in our soul. And so Eucharistic coherence, that word just means, are we are we living our life as God is teaching us with all these laws that he's given us to help us grow closer to him? And a lot of these laws Paul talks about in this second reading, except again, we cut out some verses here. So he says, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. But then we cut out the verses where he kind of gets down into what he's talking about. I'm reading from the Knox translation because it makes it really really clear. He says, they make vain fancies their rule of life. Their minds are clouded with darkness. The hardness of their hearts breeds in them an ignorance which estranges them from the divine life. And so, in despair, they have given themselves up to incontinence, to selfish habits of impurity. This is not how Christ taught us, though. He taught us to seek God with a pure heart. You know, we look at these readings and we realize that we think we're so creative in our sins in modern day America, but the people in Jesus's time were not much different than us. They liked to do things that felt good too. And, but we have to put those things away. This is the old self that Paul talks about the old self that we've tried to put to death through our baptisms, but spend the rest of our life smothering out the last vestiges of it with the grace of God and putting on the new self. That is the resurrected life that Jesus Christ gives us when we're reborn at our baptisms. That's what it's all about, is becoming the person that God meant us to be and that our baptisms allow us to be to purify our hearts so that when we come to that bread of life, when we come to the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, we're ready and we can accept it. And it's food that's good for us, that nourishes us, and that doesn't hurt our souls any more than they already are because our souls are already a mess. We don't need to make it worse, right? As we go through our days, as we go through our weeks, Let's keep this in mind, that the laws of God are not there to cause us trouble, but to help us to get to know him and to become better people so that when he comes to visit us in the Eucharist, we can accept him with an open heart and let him do the work he wants to do inside of us. The true bread from heaven. Let's strive to respond every day like these people in the gospel did. And after hearing the promise that Christ gives us of the Eucharist to say, sir, give us this bread always.